Hi, this is Felix Chimeranyika, lead pastor of Kairos Christian Center in Lilonga, Malawi. I am happy that you have joined us for the Kairos Lilonga podcast, and I believe God is going to inspire you and break you through into your kingdom destiny as you hear the word unpack. This is your Kairos moment, God's appointed season for your kingdom breakthrough. Amen. Hallelujah. Third John. Third John, we continue our series through the letter of John. In fact, the letters of John. In fact, this is the last one. This is the last of the sermons. Hear the word of the Lord. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like this, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephus, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our, t- our authority. So if I come, I'll bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, everyone of them. All men are like grass, and their glory like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade. But the word of our God lives on forever. Holy Spirit, we invite you. May you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know if there is anything in your house that that, that is is difficult to put together. There's something in my house I, I, I don't like touching. And I dread the day when my wife tells me, please, can you fix such such a thing? Right? And that thing is this, you know, like a baby coat, right, for our son when he was much older. To put it together, it requires more than just the instructions. You know, you, you, you need to bend it rightly and all sorts of things. I, I fail so many times. My wife just does it just like that. You know, and when, when we come to this whole thing of God is love, sometimes it's like, okay, we know that. We know that, but how do we unpack that? How, how do I do it in such a way that it is practical, that I can actually unpack it? And I think that's what Third John is about. Third John is saying, yes, God is love, but here's what you do to understand or to walk in that fact that God is love. How do you activate love in your life? What does love look like in action? That's what Third John is about. Love in action, John is going to tell us, at least for us as an application, is going to tell us that love in action, number one, is staying in the truth. Love in action is staying in the truth. Number two, love in action is supporting the gospel. 
Number two, supporting the gospel. And number three, love in action is serving in humility. That's what he's going to say. That's the application for us this morning. Love in action, number one, is staying in the truth. Now remember, this is a letter, right? So when you write a letter, you have to say, you know, who it is addressed to and who it is that is writing, isn't it? Right? Whereas for us today, we put, you know, your name or the person that is writing, your signature at the bottom. Well, with, with, with these guys, they put it at the front. So we read in verse number one, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. So the one who's writing, the elder. Who's the elder? John the apostle, the elder. The one who has written the previous two letters, 1 John and 2 John. The one who also wrote Revelation. The one who also wrote the Gospel of John, who is by this time a very old man. And he's writing probably to churches in Western Turkey today. Right? And he's writing to a person, probably an elder in one of the churches out there, whose name is Gaius. And he says, this Gaius, whom I love in truth. Again, remember that theme that is coming from the other letters, the theme of love, that if you love God, you're also going to love the brothers, the sisters, isn't it? Right? And so he says, this Gaius I love in truth. So he starts now greeting him. Verse number two, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Now other versions say, I pray that you may prosper just as your soul prospers. You've heard that, isn't it? And you've heard where it's usually taken, right? So you may prosper, you, you, you may prosper financially just like your soul is prospering. Is that, is that what John was actually saying? No, 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 no. He's not saying that, okay, I want you to get rich now. You get it? It's a greeting. No more greeting in ancient letters that were written in the Greek because it was like, okay, I wish that you do well in your life. And so my translation, the ESV, English Standard Version, kind of like carries the idea that, you know, do well, may you do well. In Romans chapter 1, Paul is asking the Roman, the Roman Christians, if they can help him on the way to Spain, right? And he says that you may, you, you may help me prosper on my journey, right? That I may prosper on my journey. Does Paul mean that, okay, when I'm going around, the people should just be giving me money? That's what he's saying. He's saying, I want to have a successful mission trip, isn't it? Right? And so here, let's not read too much into the text. Let, let's not read our poverty into the text and say this prosperity means we should all get rich. No, no. But that what God has ordained for us to happen, it may prosper. It may include money. It may include whatever. But it's not like it's zeroing in on the money. Amen. So when you turn on TBN and then you hear that your soul may prosper, you know that it's not just money. Right? Watch, he says in verse number three, For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you're walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So notice, notice, notice. The first thing that John is talking about to Gaius is Gaius is walking the truth. How he is staying in the truth. He says, watch, verse number three, for I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth. Testified to your truth. So this guest has his truth. What's he talking about? 
He means Gaius is understanding of the gospel and he's living out of the gospel. You get it? You have your truth. Every one of us has their truth. See, the truth is what you do. It's not what you say. Many times people will say all sorts of things. You don't believe whatever you say unless you do it. In fact, to believe is to live by something. And John is very concerned with the way Christians behave. Because the way Christians behave is what they really believe, as far as John is concerned. So, right practice shows that there is right doctrine behind the practice. Right practice, others call it orthopraxis, orthopraxy, equals right doctrine, orthodoxy. So if you really want to know if somebody's walking in the truth, watch how they're living their lives. If they're lying, if they're stealing, if they're slipping around, if they're doing all those things, you know, even though they're in church on Sunday, raising up their hands and doing all sorts of things, you know that's not what they really believe. Because their practice will show what they truly believe. And so John is saying, wow, you know, the brothers are testifying to your truth. That you are true, that you're real, you're the genuine article. Hallelujah. Have you seen fake Christians? Fake Christians? They are Christian today, tomorrow they're not so Christian anymore. They tell you stuff like, oh, look, th th those are spiritual things. This is the real world. Hallelujah. No, no, no. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as we're doing business, we're operating at a different level altogether. But Sunday, that's when we get spiritual. No. Your practice of the truth, your truth as seen in your life, that also is a testimony to whether you are in Christ or not. And so watch. There is that element of the subjective, the truth as seen in that person's life, but then there's also the truth as an objective thing. Again, verse number three at the end, as indeed you are walking in the truth. It's because he's walking in the truth of Jesus Christ that people can see the truth in his life. You get it? Because he's walking in the truth of Jesus Christ, that's how people can see the truth in his life. Because there's an objective reality inside him, that's why there's this subjective reality that he is or that she is. Watch now. It says, verse number four, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. It says, for me, the thing that gives me joy is this thing that my children are walking in the truth. They're walking according to the gospel. And again, for John, there's, there's always contrasting ideas. There's the truth and then there's the lie. There's the light and then there's the darkness. There is good and then there is evil. And as far as he's concerned, he wants his children to walk in the truth. That's more important for John that... that um, Gaius is walking in the truth than it is that Gaius is rich. For John, the most important thing is that Gaius is walking in the truth and not that Gaius is rich, has become prosperous. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Truth. 
Turn with me, 1 John chapter 1. Where John unpacks this idea of truth again. Verse number 5, he says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Right? So God is light, and in God there is no darkness at all. If we say, verse number 6, we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So not to practice the truth is to walk in darkness. Watch now. Verse number 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Watch this. Walking in the truth or staying in the truth does not mean you will never sin. Hallelujah. Walking in the truth, staying in the, in the truth, does not mean you will never sin. Because that's what he's saying here. If we say we have not sinned, then the truth is not in us. As long as you're living in this fallen world, full of sin, as long as you're living in this world that is under the power of the prince of the air, Satan himself, there are going to be occasions when you are going to sin. As long as you're in that flesh, that body of yours, that for 20-something years or 30-something years or 40-something years is used to sinning. You get it? As long as you're in that body, there will still be issues of sin in your life. But you see, sin is not the issue. The issue is the grace of God as revealed in Jesus Christ. And so that, John is essentially saying, if you're walking in the truth, then you confess to God that I am a sinner, that I have sinned. And then, what does the blood of Jesus do? It cleanses you, washes you. Look, this cleansing is not just washing you so that you can go back and do it again. No, but it's also to empower you, give you power that you would not return to that again. Staying in the truth means continuing with Jesus. In spite of the fact that I am failing, I am falling, I still go back to him and say, Lord, forgive me for I have sinned. And when that happens, more power comes into our lives. Love in action is staying in the truth. Number one. Number two, love in action is supporting the gospel. Supporting the gospel. You see, God has called his people to partner with him in taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. If God had just wanted that when a person... Look, if, it was, if, if, if Christianity was about going to heaven, then the moment you believe, you'll have been raptured and you'd have gone into heaven. I don't know about you, but that's a, I don't know, for me, it's a very passive Christianity. And I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, that action movie guy, you know. I just don't want to sit somewhere and just wait until I get ruptured. Uh-uh. I want to be a part of the process. And God has given us, has given us this, this privilege that we can actually participate in that which he's doing in the earth. So watch now, says in verse number 5, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. Right? 
Remember again, he's talking to one guy, Gaius. And he's saying, look, Gaius, you, you really are doing a great job with these guys that are coming. What guys is he talking about? Well, in the early church, remember again, there were no big church buildings like this. People were meeting in homes. And then there would be all these traveling preachers that would come and preach and teach. And they'll stay maybe like three, four days and then move on to the next place. And, you know, in a city like Lilongwe, there would not just be one big church that meets like on a Sunday. No, there'll be so many different churches, you know, like in, in Area 23, probably what we may call cells today. You know, have three, four of them, Area 25, so many of them. You get it? And so these preachers would be itinerating, moving from one place to the other, to the other place, preaching. Right? And so John is saying... It's a good thing that you do that you support these brothers who are actually strangers. Can you imagine that? These people are helping other people that they don't know, but just because they've brought a letter of recommendation from another Christian that is known to them, then they take this person in. Hospitality. See, the church of Jesus Christ has been known for this hospitality. In fact, love can never truly be fleshed out, be practiced without hospitality. Without hospitality to strangers, love never happens. Remember the author of Hebrews? He says that some have entertained angels unaware. They didn't know that that person that they were, you know, they received into, into their home who was a brother or a sister, that that person is actually an angel. As we talk about love, the theme, the theme of hospitality is something that you and I better take very seriously. Hospitality means you invite people into your home, isn't it? Hallelujah. You invite people into your home, right? Oh, please come and have a meal with me. Please come, let's talk. Please come, let's pray together. Please come, let's share our lives. That's what this was about for these guys. And part of that was that those that were preaching the gospel, moving from one place to another place, from one city to another city, they got taken care of as well. All right? And so John is saying, verse number six, verse number five, I'm sorry, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. So these guys... They went back to, John, to where John was and basically said, look, uh, that guy, Gaius, was really great to us. He took care of us, right? What did he do? It says in verse number six there, at the end, it says, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, right? So he says, look, you're going to do well if you send these guys back in a manner worthy of God because they're bearing his name. Now, the Jews had this understanding that if, if you send somebody on your behalf to do something for you, whoever receives that person has received you. And that's the thing that Jesus says, isn't it, in Matthew chapter 10, when he sends, it out, when he sends out his disciples two by two. He tells him, whoever receives you, receives me. Whoever receives a man of God, receives God. Because that person has gone in the name of God. Now I get it. 
I get it that there's all these abuses about the issue of being a man of God. That is being abused. But it doesn't mean we should throw out the baby together with the water. Because supporting the work of the gospel is primarily supporting people who are working in the gospel. Amen. Look, let's not get caught up into thinking that the, the church's mission is to build buildings. Or to do what, whatever kind of programs. Uh -uh. The church's basic duty in the earth is to preach this gospel to transform lives. And for that to happen, there has to be somebody who goes and preaches, isn't it? That's what these guys were doing. They were going out in the name of God, and John is saying, listen, send these guys along to the next place where they're going in a manner worthy of God. What would that look like? A manner worthy of God. Okay, so, uh, man of God, where, where are you going next? Oh, you know, I'm going to go to Nchewo, and probably after that I'm going to go to, into Mozambique, and I'm going to be preaching. Okay. Now, remember again, these guys didn't get money from any, anywhere. Right? They never got money from anywhere. In fact, they're, they're going just as the disciples of Jesus went in Matthew chapter 10, where Jesus told them, don't take anything. You find what you're going to find there, what you need there. Right? It means then that this church of Gaius must have taken an offering or given these, these people money so that they can go to the next place where they're going. That's what that's what happened. That's what happened. So he says in verse number 7 again, at the end he says, For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. In other words, it's not the heathen that are supporting these people. Amen. Do you know many times pastors are forced to work for the heathen because the church can't support them? Do you know if you have a church of 10 people, you shouldn't have trouble paying a pastor. Because if every one of them tights, right? If every one of them tights, then the pastor has a salary. Amen. And the reason that we as the church in Africa are not really moving forward in terms of not just big churches, but in terms of taking this gospel to the ends of the earth is because we misunderstand this whole issue of money and the kingdom. We misunderstand the whole issue of money and the kingdom. When you and I wake up to the fact that, look, it's our responsibility to ensure that those that are the preachers of the gospel are taken care of by us. We're not going to have people that have one leg in the world, begging from the world, and people that have one leg in the church. Why? Because we would have done our jobs right. So this loving action is supporting the gospel. To support the gospel, you're supporting the gospel preachers. Amen. And so, John says in verse number 8, Therefore, we ought to support people like this, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Therefore, we ought, or we must, isn't it? We must support people like this. We must support people that are working in the gospel. Amen. We must support our pastors. Amen. Oh, pastor, you want a raise. No. Not exactly. But it's your responsibility as a member of Kairos to ensure that those that are in Kairos that are serving you, you are also taking care of them. 
Galatians chapter 6, let me show you. Listen to Galatians chapter 6, verse number 6. It says, one who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Paul, what are you talking about? You're saying, well, s support your pastors. Why? Well, because they're feeding you spiritual things, isn't it? Because they're feeding you spiritual things, then you, it's your responsibility to take care of their physical needs. Hallelujah. We believe in the word at Kairos, eh? Turn with me, Philippians chapter 4. I want to break that stingy demon today. I want that stingy demon to get ashamed today in Jesus' name. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 14. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. In other words, you were giving to me, isn't it? Verse number 17. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Now watch this. Very misquoted verse in the Bible. Verse number 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. What's the context? The context of giving to the mission. You get it? It's the context of giving to the mission. Giving to Paul. Because you are giving to Paul, my God will supply all you need according to his riches in glory. Not because, you know, I just woke up and, oh, Father, you have said, my God shall supply all my need. No. What, to what are you connected to? You get it? Because here's the proper understanding. The resources that you and I have, they're resources for the kingdom. Let me put that again. The resources that you and I have are ultimately resources for the kingdom of God. The money that you and I have is ultimately money for the kingdom of God. You get it? You never came with money. You're not going to live with money. Naked you came, naked you shall go. So let's not have this worldly mentality that wants to hoard money. Money is supposed to be used for the kingdom of God. Don't store your treasures on the earth where there is moth and where there is rust. Put your treasures in the things above, in the kingdom of God. So you want to see love in action? Love in action is also about your giving. Love in action is about your hospitality. Love in action is about having an open heart that wants to see the gospel spread. That's what love is. What is the greatest love? Greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's the greatest love. 
And to pass on that love to others, that is the greatest love. Love in action is supporting the gospel. Right at the end, he finishes off in verse number 8. He says, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Right? Fellow workers. In fact, in the original Greek, it's, it's, the, it's the way we get the word synergy. Right? So, it's the word synegoi. Right? It's a word that is not found in any other writing except in the writings of Paul from the ancient world. So, it's like Paul coined this phrase. He started this phrase in a sense. When people give to the work, they are fellow workers. They are partners. That's what Jesus said. Whoever receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will get a prophet's reward. You get it? In other words, you may not go out there to preach the gospel, but as long as you're standing with other people that are preaching the gospel, your reward is the same. Amen. Right now, we know of Brother Mponjo, Pastor Mponjo, Brother Allen, amen, out there in Johannesburg trying to plant a church. Do you know what, church? It's our responsibility, our responsibility to help them. Why? They've come from here. And what's the whole idea of the money that we have? It's so that we can support people like those. And so now we've started sending them 2,000 runs, which is about 80-something, 80 80,000 kwacha. Not a lot of money there. Maybe a lot of money here, but it's a big city. Right? But that's the least that we can do. We can do more. Now I'm happy Brother Conjo and Sister Maggie are here. We're talking about Blantai, starting a sale in Blantai. Right? And I think next week or the week after, you guys are meeting, right? This coming Saturday. Right? These guys are meeting. And guess what? We, we are going to need to send workers to that place, isn't it? Right? And that's what we are here for. This money is not so that we can buy a jet for pastor. Uh-uh. Do you get it? This money is for the kingdom. Doesn't mean you don't pay a pastor much. <laughs> you know? Because if you, if you don't feed the, the, you know, the, the ox that treads the grain, it's going to die, right? <laughs> but watch now. Love in action is staying in the truth, number one. Number two, love in action is supporting the gospel. Number three, love in action is serving in humility. Love in action is serving in humility. Now, as John is writing... He kind of like brings up a negative example of a leader, right? A guy called Diotrephes. Watch what it says. It says in verse number 9, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I'll bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us, and not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. It's like, wow. What's wrong with this guy? Here's what's wrong with him. He likes to have, it says in some versions, the preeminence. He likes to be the one that's first. For him, he can't play second fiddle. For him, he can't, he can't say yes to somebody. Uh -uh. Everybody must say yes to him. You get it? So the problem with Diotrephes is that Diotrephes is a proud man. The leaders in the church of Jesus Christ 
are servant leaders. The leaders in the church of Jesus Christ are servant leaders. That's why you should watch out. When you find a leader who has never served somebody else, put a question mark. Put a question mark. You should always be saying, who has he served? Who has she served? How faithfully? Because from there is where is going to come the promotion. In fact, Paul writes to Timothy and tells Timothy, don't lay hands on any man. Suddenly, it says in the, in the King James Bible. But here's what he means. Don't ordain somebody to a position of ministry from nowhere. Why? Because when you do that, pride is going to come into their lives and that person will be under the same temptation as Satan. So here we meet a proud person who wants to be first in all things. He wants to be first all things and he does not acknowledge, he says, our authority. What authority? The authority of the apostles. The apostles were the ones that had the revelation of Jesus Christ. They saw him. Remember 1 John? How John starts off? says, that which we have seen with our eyes, that which we have heard, that which we have touched, says this we declare to you. What's he talking about? He's talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it is on the basis of the revelation of Jesus Christ, the teachings that they heard from Jesus Christ, what they saw about Jesus Christ, on the basis of that is the authority to everybody else after. But Diotrephus, for him, it's a small thing that John the Apostle, probably right now, the last surviving apostle of the 12, uh, the 12 apostles of Jesus, right? For him, doesn't mean anything much. And so, here's what he's doing. He says he's putting out people from the church, right? In fact, he refuses to welcome the brothers, so the ones that come to teach and preach and that are moving around all over the place, he doesn't welcome them. And then when he finds somebody that would welcome that person into his or her house, he excommunicates them from the church. I mean, it's like, come on. What's wrong with you? What demon is operating in you? See, the religious spirit is a difficult spirit, you know? It's a murderous one, actually. Remember the ones that killed Jesus? We're not people from the tavern. People from the tavern we, we actually like Jesus. The prostitutes liked Jesus. They loved him. But it was the religious people that hated him. And so, again here, you see the essence of the religious spirit. Rebellion. So he refuses. You have no authority over us. But watch. On the flip side, here's another guy we meet in verse number 11 on 12. says, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Right? So, you don't do good, you haven't seen God. If you've seen God, you'll do good. That's what he's saying. Verse number 12, Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. So here's another good guy, Demetrius. Probably Demetrius is a leader of another house church, right? Now, think of it this way. The early church met in homes. In those homes, you probably could feed maybe just 30 people, 40 people, you know, maximum. And if you could have a, a place, a room where you could, fit, you could feed 40 people, you're a rich person. 
right? And so the early church, by and large, met as home cells, as we think of home cells today. And it only makes sense because in the home cells, in the small groups, that's where you get to know somebody, isn't it? But we, of course, without wanting our blessing, without not wanting to be bothered by somebody's troubles, we would like a setting like this. Let me just go hear the word and then I get out of there. Let me go get my blessing and then I get out of there. No, not with these guys. These guys actually valued being together, doing Christianity together, growing together in Christ, doing the things of God together. Right? And so there is a testimony about Demetrius that Demetrius is not like Diotrephus. He's an elder of a church. Right? And there's a testimony, from a good testimony from everyone, and from the truth itself. Because if you look at, at Demetrius' life, and you look at the word of God, the truth, you'd see that they add up. doesn't mean that Demetrius doesn't sin. What it means is when Demetrius does sin, he comes back to God to confess his sin, and he's forgiven, and he strives to live a better life than he was living before. And all that is not to say that he wants to be saved when he does that. He's already saved. That's why the power of the Holy Spirit is working in his life, to make him a better and better saint. So he says, and we also, we testify, right, that Demetrius... Is somebody that is really walking according to the truth. Why is he telling Gaius this? I think that he wants to connect Demetrius to Gaius. You guys should connect with each other. You're like-minded. You're all for the gospel. You're both for the gospel. And so connect, to it, connect with each other so that we can move this thing forward. Do you know, friend, no one person can move the gospel forward? No one person can move the gospel forward. It takes us to network, to work together, so that we can do this thing. And you know, it's sad that pretty much in our continent, when we see new churches coming up and whatever, they're usually dependent on just one person. Sure, at the very beginning, as you're planting a church, they, 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 can, they should be that. You are the sole person that is moving this thing forward. But after a while, they should grow people around you that are going to be a part of taking that thing forward. That's why we have an eldership here. And the role of the eldership is that together with the pastors, we would move the church forward. So he says, listen, I got so much I want to write to you. But I want to say to you, but I'm not going to write it in paper and ink. You know, again, that wisdom of saying, look, when, when you have issues, sometimes some issues, don't write them in an email. Some issues, don't text them. Some issues, don't do WhatsApp, because if you do that, they come off the wrong way. And what you thought you were doing to help, you mess up. I see a lot of nodding heads, so we've done that before. We have learned from that, right? So, some things you meet face to face. Why? So that they can be understood properly. Right? And so he says, finally, peace be to you. The friends greet you. What friends? Well, the people that are here in this church that are of like-minded faith to you, they're friends, they greet you, and also greet the friends, every one of them. So the brothers, the sisters in that church, may, may you greet them too. Greetings coming from this church here. Interesting how they saw each other as really brothers and sisters. Could you be my friend? Maybe that's a missing glue amongst us. 
this love, this care for the brothers and the sisters. That from me actually is how we are going to see God loving as we do our part. Thank you for listening to the Kairos Lolongwe podcast. I trust you've been blessed. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with friends on Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and whatever social media you're on. May the Lord break you through into your kingdom destiny. Blessings.